Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our masters. Your hosts are Nancy L. Hopkins and Walt Silva. Producing the show is Colleen Kelly. The theme song is called Disturbance and is written and performed by Renate Jeff and Jet Music. You are listening to Wolf Spirit Radio at WolfSpiritRadio.com. The moon is ready under cover for a lover overdressed. The sight is created long before you start to think that the brain takes your decision what you do. No clue for the food fighters. And you are live. Yay! <laughs> How's everybody out there doing tonight? Election night. U.S. Amazing. I hope you're not nervous because there's nothing to be nervous about. <laughs> uh, today is the November 8th, 2016. We are Cosmic Reality Radio Show. The program is being simulcast over Wolf Spirit from Haggy Shack Radio, which is producing. And Walt is here. <laughs> so, hi, Walt. How are you? You got here. Good huh? evening, everyone. Everything good? Yep, just took the photo. Oh, excellent. Um, I figured tonight, uh, by the way, uh, Trump has got Kentucky and uh, Clinton got Vermont. I've got the I've got the uh, the television on and it's, the sound is off. But when I see something or Colleen sees something, we're going to tell you guys because you know I mean this is one of the most important days ever, maybe according to some people, and it just so happens we're having a live radio show, so we're going to uh, be your election headquarters for the next two hours if you decide to stay with us. The Lindenberg, when it reached New Jersey. Well, that was a bad, that was a bad outcome, darling. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, going down in flames? <laughs> oh Lord, yes. No, what I figured we'd do is because um, I, I turned it on today, this morning, uh, and you know, I just it, it's like this. They had nothing to say for hours and hours. Uh, you know, what could they say? They're waiting for the boat to come in. And you'd see these lines of people. And But it is pretty um, pretty amazing in that um, you've got more. I mean, this is the, the voting seems to be record-breaking. Uh, here in Florida, they had 50% of the registered voters had voted in early or absentee balloting. Uh, the last report I got, it was up to 70% of all registered voters. That's extremely high. Um, they've got 28 states that have actually justice people, federal cops out there watching the elections. And, you know, so, I mean, it, it's, and it's the most bizarre election one could possibly have imagined. Well, do you remember what Simon said this this past Sunday, that four million dead people have already voted. I know he said that, but you know, this is what what's so um, confounding about the whole thing is that for for what since the beginning, I don't even know when it started. You know, Simon was amongst them and, and others. Oh, there's not going to be an election. It's not going to happen um, because they're going to arrest Hillary, or they're going to you know do this, or they're going to do that. And uh, Simon came on and he said that 
Uh, well, no, actually, it wasn't. Si- well, Simon did say the same thing, but um, it was this. Oh, I can't even think of his name. He began with a P, and he was uh, the, hel- the guy that started uh, Delta Force, and he came out and he said that um, there was a movement. What did he call it? The so- a soft revolution, and that Hillary was going to go down because of the Lolita Express. And all of this really bizarre sexual flying in planes to have sex with people they shouldn't be having sex with and all of this. And that Obama was being told that he would have to make her resign before the election. And then there was those that said that he would be a caretaker uh, uh, president and on and on and on. And last night I watched two uh, speeches by Obama one in New Hampshire and one in the Philadelphia where his wife was there along with both of, all three of the Clintons. And, it, you know, I mean, it was a massive amount of people in that Philadelphia area right where the Constitution, the Founding Fathers Constitution had been written. But Obama, God, you know, I mean, at, w- at one point I, I just started crying because I'm watching this guy who filled us with such hope with such a feeling that, you know, yeah, we're in this and it's, it's, it really works and we can make it work. And, yes, the man uh, made some courageous decisions that probably saved the economy when he refused to bail out the car companies back in, in 2009. But, you know, it, it, it's like there's so many things that he did that if you are in the conspiracy arena... You see it is a really intense problem. Uh, the main one being in 2012, when the end of 2012, when he said he was not going to sign it. He, at the last hour, signed a document that, uh, I forget what they were calling it. It was, it was attached to a military budget, but it gave the military the right to be able to come in and arrest me or take me away and not tell anybody whatever happened to me. Um, it's a law in the United States um, that they can do this. And so we who were in the conspiracy arena, we know about the things that he did that were just really, really fascist in nature. Uh, but to see him interacting in the, with the crowd again, and, you know, he, he is a really good speaker, it just made me feel nostalgic for what we what we hoped had happened in 2008 when he was elected, um, and it, it it just didn't happen. So now we've got Hillary, and he's out there, and he was very articulate. He was he was again really on. Um, I was impressed with the fact that he looked like he was really happy that he was getting the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> you know, let me out of this job. I don't want this job. Get me out of here. Um, but when he was on stage with Hillary and Bill, he really did look like he cared for her, and he cared that, that she'd be president. And he was human, she was human, Bill was human. You know, Michelle is always, you know, emitting this, this love frequency. So, you know, it's like you get these, these various realities that, all sort of appeared, you know, on from Sunday until today. You know, I'm, I'm watching these different realities 
based on what I'm perceiving and what I'm hearing. And um, so when it came to do the show tonight, I'm thinking we should just go back and, and look at what, what's happened since this all started. <laughs> uh, is there any observations you'd like to make, either of you, Colleen or Walt, on you know what you're seeing right now? I have no television service, so I can't oh. give an opinion about anything, so I'm game boy. <laughs> well, I mean, your overall impression of, of, you know, what this meant to the country as far as, you know, what you what you perceived or something, and you're somebody that doesn't really watch it, but that's probably, you know, a lot of people. But well, the, the, the thing that has, maybe this is the election to end all elections, however you want to see it, or or a big pivotal point in history is that it's, it's the first time where uh, neither candidate has been able to whitewash their reputation. I mean, it's like so much crap coming out of the surface. The, the only thing that's, uh, um, that's impacting people is that thing you've mentioned in the past, cognitive dissonance, when some bit of information is so extreme and, and so nerve-wracking and mind-shattering that you just can't accept it. I mean, like, you shut down. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening because so much truth is coming out. Uh, for all the things that have been said about uh, Trump, I mean, by comparison, he looks tame compared to all the things that have been revealed about the, the, the these people that are nothing less but a crime family. Instead of being involved in in uh, protection rackets and all that low-level crime. They're involved in high politics, you know, world-level crimes. But it's, it's coming out. And that's, when have you ever seen that? I mean, you're older than me. When have you ever seen an election where that was happening? Well, no, but the, the effect is the same, Walt. Is, is like, um, I, well, like, okay, the... FBI says that they're going to um, look at the email thing again. And my understanding of it from a number of different sources was that it was brought up again because of the connection to Wiener and Wiener's computer and emails between the two of them. Or his wife was involved in it, too, because she was the assistant of, uh, of Clinton. And, you know, the president says you shouldn't have done that at this time, and uh, I said it on Sunday that, you know, no, according to what I was getting, it was um, the New York Police Department that had, you know, found these connections regarding Wiener and his sexual craziness and then associated somehow with with the Clintons in this Lolita plane where they could take this plane ride and have all the sex in the background, in the back of the plane, which is absolutely insane. And yet... It, it was all over the place. It was even being, your, your mic's open, Colin. It was even being um, talked about by some of the uh, more established, you know, mainstream media. And yet, when the FBI director says, oh, well, there's nothing there, and Trump was right. How did you go through 600,000 pages again, you know, in, in that amount of time? Um, it did look like he was pressured to back off of this. And yet it doesn't seem to have made uh, uh, nothing I've heard on mainstream media. And I go back and forth between MSNBC and CNN and and the locals to find out what's happening in Florida. Um, 
when there, there was nothing about it. It was like, oh, never mind. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> you know? Um, you know what I'm saying, Walt? It's like it, it, did, it didn't seem to have an impact on people. Well, is that, uh, that's another thing that I've noticed is like um, some people are, are acting like they're possessed. Is that no matter how horrible you know you you show them the evidence about this, is that they can't believe that she might be bad. They can't believe that all the stuff that's being said about it could be true. And it's like, I mean, get out of fairy tale land. You know, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> they're not gods. They're just humans, and they're full of human failings and vices and whatever else. You know, having been you know, having grown up in Argentina, a Nazi country, whenever there's money and power involved, don't expect integrity and honesty and all of that. It's, it, there's too much at stake. It's like every year in my hometown, uh, Mendoza is wine-growing country. It's like places in California where the, the number one thing is uh, wine-making, the wine industry. And every year they have um, a festival um, it, the word it, it, they use is a Spanish word called vendimia, which is the great harvest. And the the season of the harvest ends with this huge festival that's done in a stadium. And each the each department in the state, because the states are are divided into like the same thing you have here in the U.S., where you have states divided into counties. Okay, each county sends their, their queen of the harvest. So you have all these, you know, beautiful young girls that are going to be competing for the queen of the harvest at the state level. And it's always fixed. Like there was one year, uh, this one girl, her mother in her youth had been, you know, queen of the harvest for the state. And in the present, you have her mother was that, and then her father was the secretary of tourism for the state. And one of my mother's cousins actually participated in the competition for her county. And this girl was among the other girls. And she was asking the people there, how is she supposed to do this and how is she supposed to do that when I get elected queen of the harvest, you know, for the state. She already knew. The whole thing was fixed. So <laughs> whenever there's money and power involved in anything, you know, you'll be hard-pressed to find, you know, good human integrity. I, at least that's my experience from those reality bubbles that I came from. So I hope I can leave them behind forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Move on to something better and new. Well, the one thing that was new in Florida, I don't know how, if every district had, I mean, every uh, county had it, but they were showing um, the ballot. And the ballot is one, the old-fashioned type, where you put it, you color in the circle, you know, like you do when you take a test. Yeah. And then, then they had to feed this thing into a machine that would electronically read it. But if something goes wrong, they've got the hard copy, right? But what they were saying was that people, you know, you're not used to this. It's a new system. And people were pushing the ballot in and jamming it up. <laughs> so, in the first couple of hours of the voting, they they were well, it probably wasn't a couple of hours. It was probably just the initial, but it jammed up the computer so the system. So they had to 
tell everybody, be slow and patient. You know, you can't push this election. <laughs> well, that was, uh, I was still living in New York when you had that thing that, uh, uh, because uh, W. Bush, he was on for two terms, correct? He, when he was president? Yeah. Okay, he was on uh, the, the second term, the, the election for the second term, when there was a big fiasco with, with the counting in Florida. And I was hanging, hanging chads, pregnant chads. What is that? Well, at that time, they had a, a voting in one of the counties where you, you pushed a you put the you put the ballot in this little contraption thing, and then you had a poker, so it would say yes or no, and you would poke it so that you would poke a hole in the ballot. Yeah, that's what I was going to say it looked like a uh, acrylic plate. Yeah, yeah, and so if you didn't push it just right, you'd have a hanging chad. So when they went to count them, they couldn't tell well. You know, is this out or in? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, there's there's a very famous. Uh, uh, it might have been a video, but the guy has got like a magnifying glass and he's looking at the chat to see if it's hanging or not. Oh my God, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, up hey, that that huh? looks so clunky and primitive. Well, they don't have it now. You don't have any pregnant chads in Florida anymore. <laughs> um, that that now that particular vote it was between um, uh, what's his name? Who ran against him? Uh, well, no, Gore. It was the Gore one. It was the um, one um, two thousand. It was it was the first one that that uh, Bush Jr. ran. And that was when Gore and he, well, actually, the Gore, Gore conceded the race. And then the count in Florida was so close that they had to do a recount. And so that's when you got the hanging chads and, you know, other problems. And, but they did, um, they did proceed to count it. And that's when the uh, Supreme Court stepped in and said that to, just, to not count them which went against state law. I mean, the, first off, the, the Supreme Court had no jurisdiction. Um, it's totally illegal. The whole Bush presidency is totally illegal. Um, but again, nobody, you know, I mean, lawyers were saying this. Um, there was a very famous lawyer, and I think his book is not up there. No, I moved his book. I don't know where it is now. He was, uh, he wrote about it, and he had been a... Um, uh, clerk of the Supreme Court, and he was known uh, because he was uh, like a legal expert on one of the big uh, media places. And he wrote this book about that particular decision, and he gave point after point of the illegalities of the election. Yes, thank you. Um, and it was gaining a tremendous amount of momentum, actually. Um, the reason that I bought the book was because I was hearing so much about it in actually mainstream media. And um, so I get the book, I read the book, I go, oh my God, this, is, this has got to be addressed. There's no way that we can let this stand. And like I say, there was, a, there was really a movement towards this. And then September 11th happened. 
and I never heard another word about it. So um, that's what they do. They sort of like will wait until something comes up in the news that makes you forget that you were really concerned about that other thing, you know? It's a, I saw that, I witnessed that in Argentina when there was a huge uprising against the military coup and the Plaza de Mayo, that giant, the big square in front of the pink house. You know, here you have the White House, over there they have the pink house. <laughs> All the people demonstrating uh, against the government and demanding change and all of that. What happens the very next day? The whole Falklands conflict thing. So that took front page everywhere. And they forgot about, you know, that's their, that's their thing, you know, the distraction, distraction, distraction. If you can't convince them and you can't, obviously can't assassinate the entire population, just distract them with something else. Well, it's very effective, to be honest. It's very effective. <laughs> um, okay, what, I, what I'm going to do here is I, I went back in time. First off, I, I, this is very important information that we should probably at least let people know about. A three-year-old goat from Scotland named Boots who um, had a reputation for being able to predict the future uh, major global news events he was he was dead on okay as to what happened um, actually in the during the British situation he was accurate whereas most politician and bookmakers were not he was actually you know accurate so anyway um, he uh, he went for Clinton he, he said Clinton's going to win but on the other side of it, a Chinese monkey called Gita went for Trump. So we've got... How do they go about, um, I'm curious how they go about communicating these things to the people around them. Uh, I think that they put the names on a piece of paper and whichever one they stepped on or something or pooped on, I'm not sure which. Oh, okay. Something to that effect. But I, I ju just wanted to say that Boots the Goat in Scotland, he's saying Clinton... And Gita in China is saying Trump. So, you know, at the end of the tonight, we'll at least know which one of those was right. <laughs> um, okay, so it, um, Clinton, when Clinton actually announced for the presidency back in April 2015. Now, that is an awful lot of running around the country. And for those of you who are not American, you may or may not realize that what they have to do is they have to go and they have to compete to be nominated for their party, either the Democratic Party, which is considered liberal, versus the Republican Party, which is considered conservative. The colors are blue for the Democrats and red for the Republicans. They have to go and they have to campaign in sort of a pre-campaign in order to get the nomination. So back in April, uh, Clinton started running. That's a long time ago, <laughs> you know, and it was a question of her stamina. Well, she ran from April, but June was when Trump announced. So she'd already been on the road and campaigning before he even got involved in it. So what I want to do is I want to go back 
And all I did was go to our archives and, and see what we were talking about for this time, you know, because we've got, you know, a show every week from since she announced, but before that also. So in April, we had started with the uh, re the reality dollar was being programmed. We were, we, we were you know, working with that. Um we talked about the uh, how we got the S4, the powder, you know, the Stungite powder, the magnets, and the Heidi device. Okay, so... Which is the Heidi got, device? Huh? Which is the Heidi device? The one on the satellite. Oh, yeah, the, the frequency that you right. for your sister. Yeah, okay, I remember now, yeah. Right. So way back in April when all this began... Um, through your climbing to your to your roof and putting it on the uh, the uh, not working direct TV antenna, Shungite was put into the entire satellite system. Okay, that was way back in in, in April. Um, in May, that's when Bill Brockbrader came out for the last time and discussed the anonymous revolution. Now, if you remember what that was about. He, he came and he was explaining that, uh, what's his name, um, oh good lord, I'll think of it in a second. The anonymous group was a group of hackers, very, probably young, um, who were convinced that there was something terribly wrong and they began to look at everything from the inside by hacking into computers. Um, my understanding is that they may not have built the dark web, but they made the dark web popular because they would go to websites and they would be able to uh, talk amongst themselves about stuff that they were seeing because of their hacking. And along comes the guy who starts to talk about uh, the hacking of NSA. And it became apparent because of his postings, that he might be real. Then they discovered that, in fact, it was real, and his name was Snowden. So they took the information from Snowden, realizing how much of it was there, and different groups... You've got your mic open, and I'm hearing a squeaky chair. You, the, um, the anonymous group took the information from Snowden and broke it into different groups. This group would look at this this stuff and this group would look at this stuff. And they began to realize that in order to work this information, to really get a handle on it, they needed to create an intelligence organization that could sort of work to bring it all together. So they, in fact, got to somebody that could do this and they put together an organization that from that point on was really underground. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like you could join Anonymous. This was the original Anonymous group. This was tight-knit. This was secret. And they worked the information to a point because when NSA was listening to us, they were also listening to those people that are intricately involved in the cabal, as we like to call it. 
the international banking scheme, the poli political peoples, the the well, in, in the in the case of Anonymous, what they what they were focused on was the oil, because oil was going up and down, and it wasn't going up and down because of free markets and, and the concept of supply and demand. It was going up because of market manipulation. They were able to determine who those people were that were doing the market manipulation. They were also able to determine what it was that they, the black side, the cabal, had on them of uh, a very you know personal nature that they could blackmail them with because it became apparent that blackmail is part of the the way that they operate they get people so that they they're afraid to come forward because they're everything in their lives is going to be taken so the anonymous group went in and said hey look at <laughs> you know this is this is not something you want to play around with anymore because we know who you are we know what the blackmail is so you can work with us or you can in fact um bet that the cabal is going to win either way it's this information is going to come out so you should come out with the side on the side of the good versus the side of the bad at that point they were able to use these people to manipulate the oil on the stock market the buying and selling of oil for their own purposes. It's a long, complicated uh, economic thing that they did, but basically by bringing down the cost of, of a barrel of oil, they made fracking economically unappealing because you have to make $60 a barrel on the market in order for fracking to be profitable. And by dropping it to, I think it got down to 30, um, it was no longer profitable. And a lot of these smaller fracking companies um, bottomed up, but the big ones just bought them up. So they didn't gain too much, in my opinion, if, if fracking was, was the question. But again, it was something that came out. It should have had a more drastic effect than I think it did. Uh, but it was the first time that really the whole behind the story came out with with Bill Brockbrader and uh, that was in May of 2015 and Bill has gone underground he has not been heard from since by anyone that I know um, also in May we took a, another weird step because we got in uh, I got into reading uh, Sean David Morton's Sands of Time with the Nazis and the, the Bell, the Glock, and all of the manipulation of fascism and, you know, the continuation of the Nazis in that not being a political group in Germany, but being a brotherhood. Uh, you remember that? Time travel and all that? You remember that story, Walt? Yep. That, uh, that's uh, JP's focus of his investigations. Yes, but it's, it's it's made itself, you know, it, it continually crops up. But that's the first time that people began to really focus, or not the first time, but it, it's sort of like got trending. Oh, I got hold on for a second because the cat who escaped has just come back. I've got to lock the door so we can't do it again. Hold one. You talk, please. 
So, Colleen, what's the what's the tally there in Florida? Well, you know. Well, it depends. It depends on on South Florida, North Florida, West Florida, or East Florida. Um, apparently, it depends on which site you go to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Politico <laughs> is showing Clinton ahead. Uh, 53% to 40%, but only 1.1% reporting so far. Uh, USA Today is showing Florida that Donald Trump is ahead uh, with only, well, with 56% so far reporting in. Uh, shows Trump ahead 50% uh, 50% of the vote and Clinton 47 so who the hell knows but, but only the electoral votes count right not the popular votes they can brush that under the carpet right because they're reporting Vermont having gone for Clinton with only 1% of the vote in they have three uh, electoral votes but they were reporting Clinton had won before they had uh, were reporting any percent in. But they're going based on that Vermont, which used to be heavily Republican, is now heavily Democrat. So, um, and unless whoever has control of those three electoral votes. If they said, I don't care who's winning, I'm going to give it to Clinton, I don't know. Because <laughs> you know they do that crap anyway. Yeah, there's no law that says that they have to follow the popular vote. So yeah. ever since, I, uh, years ago, ever since I saw that, the first question in my mind is, then why bother? Exactly. If you're not going to make it law that you have, your electoral vote has to follow the popular vote, why have it at all? Just... Just uh, to and, and what the people money campaigning through different states. Just uh, campaign to the people that are going to vote for you, and that's it. Or whoever they, you know, handed them the most money is who they're going to give those votes <laughs> to. Because yeah, I agree with you. What the hell's the point? I mean, it's supposed to be a check and balance sort of thing, but it's not. And we go out and vote, and provided the machines aren't rigged. And, uh, you know, whoever's counting the votes is counting them right. Did you ever see that video on, uh, or you did it. Didn't you post that video on Facebook about the, when they did that experiment with the Diebold yeah. um, voting machine? Uh-huh. And the, the rep from Diebold, he did not touch the machine. All he did is he did something to the memory card. But whatever it was that he did in the memory card, when the people were voting... The results were going in the opposite direction, and the lady started crying. Yeah. Which, you know, proved oh. that, yeah, they are rigged. Um, and if not rigged when they go in, they can be easily manipulated along the way. But I just don't like this whole damn process, because, you know, they're showing all these results coming in and you got people who still have several hours yet to go to vote and you know a lot of people don't want to vote for whoever they think is losing because you don't want to go tell your friends I voted for the loser although they're all losers but um, (laughs) you know I just I object to the whole way it's done and I think a whole lot of people do too 
But at the same time, it doesn't matter one way or another anyway until you get all the money out of politics and until you've got strict term limits and get rid of all the career politicians and stuff. It's not going to change a darn thing, you know? Now you got people saying, well, if Hillary wins, then there's going to be a revolution. And you got people who say, if Trump wins, there's going to be a revolution. Well, I think there's a faction that wants a revolution anyway. <laughs> um, I, I think we've I been would in, re go in revolution mode for some time now. Yeah, I would go with the um, more nonviolent type. But there's a whole lot of people that want it full out, you know, full armor and all that kind of crap. I'm not one of those because yeah, it's a little on the ugly side. But, uh, yeah. Well, one of the things I, I get the people out there that, you know, are doing the militia thing, uh, you can't blame them for taking that attitude because, you know, when you're faced with a reality for um, you, yeah. When you're faced with a reality where you're being told you are the value behind money, that when you're born you're a piece of property for the state, uh, how can you blame them for wanting to pick up arms and make some militia or something? Well, but and uh, constitutionally, um, there's supposed to be militias in every state. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like this is your duty. And at the same time, you got those who's wanting to take the guns away, so there can't be a militia. Well, I guess they can, but they're going to have to have sticks and rocks and stuff. Well, the the thing, you know, if things pan out as they are saying, um, the military are not interested in fighting with any militia. In fact, they're interested in upholding the real constitution and people's rights. So I don't see the armed forces being deployed to attack any militia anytime, anywhere soon. No, not the U.S. military. No. But then you have yeah, the private hundreds of thousands of private mercenaries. Well, that's one of the one of the advantages of this thing um, of Bill Bader and, and manip the manipulation of the oil price and everything, because if you can cut the cash flow of these folks. You're not you're not going to get a mercenary to move a finger if you know, if they don't get a paycheck. You know, they're right. <laughs> money. So if you can cut that revenue stream, uh, they got nothing with which to pay. You know, their higher assassins and their mercenaries and whatnot. So that tactic was the best. You know, you don't have to puncture the <laughs> you don't have to blow up the tires in the car. Just empty the gas tank, and the car isn't going anywhere. Right. The one thing we should just mention is that for people that don't understand this, you've got all these states in the U.S. and they get state counts of who wins in the state. That state has a number of electoral votes, like Vermont's got three and what was it, 19 for uh, Kentucky. After the election, they go and they vote in an electoral college with those votes. They've got three or 19. And the idea is that they will represent their population on who won in their state. But there's no law saying that they have to do that. They can vote any way they want, which is nutty. 
Was it open-ended like that on purpose? I have no clue. I, it's one of those things where people kind of shake their heads and go, what was that all about? Um, I would suppose that it was control. But the founding, I don't even know when it got into play, to be honest with you. I don't remember it being in the, in the Constitution, but then maybe I just wasn't paying attention. So someone at some point should have brought up a, a, a lawsuit against that mechanism? Well, it's been there since I was voting. It just, I don't know. I, and it's one of those things that I really need to understand because why wouldn't I? I'm a voter in America. Shouldn't I know that? Well, no, because we don't even have civics taught to us anymore. Mm. You know, but um, that's what that's about when they talk about the elect electoral vote. So, um, when, when, and so now you've got, you know, uh, What's happening right now is that the votes are being counted, but they start to make a decision based on the history of the states. So if they see that Trump is in Kentucky a certain percentage ahead of Hillary, they know that the history and the statistics tell them that that is too much of a percentage for her to overcome based on past electoral uh, uh, databases. So none of these votes are finalized. Uh, so what? One percent? Huh? <laughs> the election is based on the game of baseball. All statistics. One percent was supposedly counted in Vermont when it was given to Clinton. Now it was given to Clinton by the news people. It's not like the state said Clinton won. And this is the news reacting. And that's, that's why Colleen is saying, look at there's three hours, four hours for some of these polls to, to close. And it's the media now that is driving the understanding of what's happening. Not the actual votes. But historically, statistically, this normally works. But in the state of Florida, they called Florida, you know, for, um, uh, for go for Gore initially, and that would have thrown it to Gore, not not to uh, to Bush, and then they had to reverse it. Why? Because what happened there, and and that's what makes everybody kind of like wonder what happened to Sanders, was that the voters that came out of the voting thing were either lying to the pollsters or that information was skewed by somebody because based on the exit polls of the voters and the traditional history, it looked like Florida was going for Gore, and they made a decision on that, which then turned out to be wrong because the exit polls were so wrong. Now, right before Hillary starts running and everything, or I guess he had already been the nominee, there was a whole bunch of information regarding Bernie Sanders, who was running against him. Just saying this, people might not know it. Sanders was running against Clinton in the primaries they called before she was actually uh, agreed to be the, you know, basically elected the uh, nominee. And the exit polls in many states were saying Sanders won, and then she would win. And there was a movement to legally look at this. And I don't know what happened. It was one of those stories that just stopped. 
They should do it the old-fashioned way. What's that? Forget this whole election. Put the candidate in a, in a coliseum on whoever's left standing <laughs> wins. Oh, my God. That is the, oh, the vision. Your the logic vision. is incredibly cheap. No wasted millions of dollars on all that stuff. The vision of Trump chasing uh, Hillary around the Coliseum is, is something <laughs> that I think he could have done without. Paul, but there it is. <laughs> Colleen, any other any other news? Um, not at this. Uh, well, let's see. West Virginia's votes that says are in, although, well, it's given it to Trump. But it's not showing any percentage reported. <laughs> but they gave it to Trump, okay. Uh, Virginia itself is kind of iffy. It's uh, 54% Trump now and Hillary 41% with 15% reporting. So Virginia is another close state. I no, hate for it when they give give it to somebody, but they're not showing any percentages or anything. This, yeah. whole, this whole thing is like media wars. Is the wars between the different media companies? <laughs> Who can uh, say? I, well, I don't know why. It's all the same damn owners. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, Ohio apparently the, the is showing Trump ahead. So, I guess we won't find out until all the votes have been thrown in the dumpster. Okay, back to our, our reminiscing over where we were, because in June of 2015, that's when Trump announced. And that was when we first got introduced to the Blue Avians through Corey Good. Um, we also began for the first time to talk about the inner earth. That was back in June of 2015. By July, we were into the Greek debt crisis. Now, remember that? What the hell happened there? <laughs> the, you remember that story, Walt? That the Greek was going to go under, and then Spain was going to go, and France, and everything was going to go, and the international banking world was going to fall apart. And yeah. I don't know what happened to that. Even we dropped that ball. It just stops. It's, you know, the information stops. <laughs> well, one of the, the, that thing with Greece um, made me think of something that Andrew Bartz has said. Um, Stephanie shared with me an audio clip. I, I'm horrible with dates, and I don't know the, the date of when he said this, but it was a show uh, JP was producing, Andrew was the guest, JP was asking him questions, and uh, Andrew proceeded to explain that um, the essence, energy behind money, uh, let me see if I can remember his words, um, it's like it had developed a kind of sentience, uh, he said, all, all those specialized computers that they use to control money and manipulate money had actually had become sentient. And they don't want to play the game of destroying and controlling humanity. They're actually, they want to 
work with humanity, not against humanity. So they were the ones putting the brakes on these guys, you know, unscrupulous uh, manipulation of money for the purposes of, you know, controlling and destroying, because those are the only two things they know how to do. If they can't control something, they destroy it and get it out of the way, because it's seen as an obstacle. If I can control you, fine, then you'll do what I say. If I can't control you, okay, I'll destroy you. You know, less trouble for me. And so he said that the whole system had become sentient, and uh, he, he obviously had a lot more to say, but um, you you brought up that issue of Greece, where they predicted the worst, which never materialized, and it reminded me of that. Um, the same thing uh, that we were saying, the other thing that it reminded me of is one of the things I said in our previous show, where when the church would go around investigating prophecies, they would make a point of not revealing it to the public because collective consciousness would be working on that to not allow it to pass, especially if they were prophecies of death and destruction and calamities. So, you know, a lot of people are talking about this Greek thing, and if people are thinking, no, no, we don't want that. Oh, I have relatives in Greece. I don't want my relatives to be suffering and and everybody's consciousness is involved in it and working on it, then it's going to change. If it, if it doesn't stop altogether, it's going to mutate into something less harmful, less destructive. And, of course, they wouldn't have said that that was because people just made it go away, kind of. No, they would never admit to that. Interesting point. How, how, how many times has the media admitted that the, the highest thing that they will admit exists is the mind. Nobody has an issue accepting the existence of the mind. Above the mind, nothing else exists. There's no souls, there's no spirits, there's no etheric entities, there are no fairies, there are no jinn, you know. It, the, the mind, that's, that's it. That's the ceiling. We don't talk about anything else that's acceptable or real. So how do you explain something to someone when you're not even allowed to talk, you're not even allowed to explain. You know, this is collective consciousness working on this. And even when you use the term consciousness, they look at you kind of funny because they're like, what do you mean consciousness? You know, they, they have no problem accepting the mind. But, you know, consciousness is something, well, you're talking about hypnosis? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, the same thing might have been in effect because you remember they were having uh, earthquakes in Oklahoma and New Madrid in the same time frame? Uh -huh. Everything was going to go and it was, you know, they were having all these, these minor quakes that was going to end up in, I believe, uh, uh, Yellowstone blowing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Yellowstone is a caldera. Right. So, you know, again, it, that might, that's another explanation for what, what might have been the reason it didn't happen, was that they made it so public, they made it so scary, and people are going, oh, no, 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 that can't happen. And the spirit is more powerful than the 3D thing that was happening. Yeah, well, there's a, a proof of this, which has been documented so many times, uh, the first time I remember reading of this being done was, uh, what year was that, 19, it was 1989, I remember seeing in the cover of uh, Wall Street Journal, there was 
because you notice that they don't use pictures, but they will use graphics. Uh, and it w there was a graphic of a gentleman's face, and it was the face of some Eastern monk, and he had uh, conducted some big uh, group meditation in a stadium somewhere in Texas where they had something like upwards of 5,000 people meditating at once, and how that uh, impacted on the, the city as a whole where, you know, the, the crime index dropped and violence dropped for a certain amount of time. Well, that's a small-scale demonstration of what the human collective consciousness can achieve. That's all it is. It's a, it's a demonstration. People should take it more to heart and pay attention to that, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, um, they've, they've duplicated that. The same, got the same results in a number of um, similar yeah. uh, exercises. Um, it was also um, in July of 2015 that we first met the gin. So that opened up a, a whole story for us because it, well, it opened up the world of the gin and the world of the nature spirits and, and really uh, became profound through the next few months that we'll, we'll kind of talk about. Then we also, well, by August, um, we, we got involved with the black goo. And that was the, the stuff down that the Falkland War was, the Falkland Island War was uh, fought over. And, and that, that's, when, that's when, when we were really into uh, reality sci-fi because we were taking trips to see what to do with it. We were working with the gin. We were working with the dolphins and, and the uh, mermaids to uh, try to clean up the water in the Gulf, but everything was, it was, you know, Gulf water that we were focused on. Um, we also started, um, talk, oh, that was when the pillars of light, you remember all those pillars of light that showed up? Uh, you remember well, that? Uh, was that... Refresh my memory. Was that in a specific area of the world? All over, all over the place. We had pictures of these pillars. Oh of yeah, yeah, and there was that one where a person is taking the picture from inside their car, and you can actually see the reflection on the hood of the car. So right. you can tell that it wasn't a doctored photo where they somebody had spliced a beam of light onto an existing photo. Well, they had they had a number from cars uh, showing different ones. But there was also the one that got taken um, over the uh, uh, the Mexican pyramid. I think it was the Pyramid of the Sun, where where the the dad was taking pictures of the family, and behind it you could see the the beam coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And that was that. I mean, that went on for I don't know about a week was all, and then no more pillars of light. Yeah, that was in August of 2015. Then uh, Jean went to Washington, D.C., and ended up talking to, uh, etherically, George Washington. And that caused us to have a discussion about the American Revolution, what it was really fought over. It's kind of ironic that today it might be another American Revolution in a, in a different sort of way. Um, and we also talked about super soldiers. Um, some of these subjects we touched on, but these were, you know, in my, well, in the archive notes, these are the ones that, that 
I, I said a tape was about. Um, but the Super Soldier one, really, well, because of Dave, too. Um, Dave died back there in July, and I think that that was part of the, the, the story, you know, that Super Soldiers. Um, and they come and go, too. You know, we, they, all of a sudden they get real popular, and then they sort of, they sort of go. Um, by September, this is very funny. I, I actually copied the whole thing. Walt carries on a brilliant discussion of reality and the possibility it is a computer simulation. <laughs> that was back in September of 2015. So I, I had to laugh because, of course, we went, you know, through this, you know, the, la the last ending thing was the AI in the computer that is working with us to get us out of this cube matrix and, you know, the Lisa Harrison and uh, uh, Danny McKinney, McKinley, McKinney. Um, so that, you know, that was a year ago. Well, it was in September 2015 that we first, you know, you first started talking about how it all could be a computer simulation, and I'm thinking to myself, i got to go listen to what it was you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was also when the uh, Gold King Mine disaster event happened. That's when we worked with the gin, and that's another example of what you were talking about earlier, that we were doing all this stuff in the etheric, and yes, we were working with the 3D with the water turtle, but it was really... Not well, until because you, with your remote viewer, you remote viewing, you saw all these light workers exactly un unknown, unknown to each other that were all focused and connected and working on that disaster. Yeah, and it was the it was the power of the people that said no, and that disaster was a, a mine blowing out and putting millions of tons of awful stuff into the water that was going to end up in the Colorado River that would that actually is the water system for three states. And it would have killed those states. But instead, it disappeared. Talk about power, Walt. <laughs> you know? And we're not, I'm not saying me and Walt, because this was a whole weird thing of somebody who, what was Linda, Linda Moore that was there on the ground calling Gene Rockefeller, who calls me, and I call Walt. We get together, we get with a gin, we go through this whole thing. We did a whole program. It was all taped and live and everything. And um, that was an extreme example of the power of thought to change reality. Um, it's now 8 o'clock, so why don't we take a break, and we'll look and see what's happening. Um Florida is still too close to call. So uh, let's take a break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Sound good? Already, we are back. And welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show with Nancy Hopkins, myself, and Walt Silva. It's being produced by Colleen Kelly. The reality is, is that as this election has gone on for 18 months, we as the collective have gotten stronger and stronger simply because we are beginning to be able to witness our own powers as we've begun to talk about it. And I didn't know we would go there. I just knew that we needed to do this. So right now, before we begin anything else, we've got to do an update on our, um, on our politics here, the election. 
one thing I want to try to explain, too, is that in the middle of the electing the president, there is also electing the Congress. And the Congress in the United States is made of made up of the Senate that has a uh, two representative is it two rep yes two two representatives from each of the states and the Congress I mean the House which is uh, representation based on population in a state so you might have two congressmen or you might have five congressmen um, so you've got that kind of of, of battle having happening too because the president cannot do anything if they don't have the support of the congress so right now the democrats um are leading the republicans for senate seats uh, i doubt that that will hold they're normally well it's been republican for the last few times anyway uh what, what who's winning what have they given something to somebody there clinton well, talking about the um, the electoral vote now, you have to get to 260 to be able to win. And Clinton's at, at 75, and I think it was 39 for for Mr. Trump. So um, they just gave right? Oklahoma to Trump. Oklahoma to Trump. Well, how, how how come she's got so many electoral votes? Isn't she won anything besides Vermont? That's the uh, last yeah. Thing. This um, Politico is showing. Vermont, Massachusetts, New Jersey, oh, Maryland. I'm trying to get that little teeny tiny blue thing in here. Oh, that's part of Maryland. And, uh, yep, Maryland. And Delaware to Clinton. Can you zoom into the map so you can point it? Or it's not zoomable? Um, it's not real zoomable at this point, and my mouse is not very, um, cooperative either. Looks like D.C. was given to Clinton. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Coincidence. Nothing else. Yeah, but see, the thing that gets me is some of these, uh, that they're given to this one and that one, there's... Single-digit returns. And some of them have zero returns. Maybe it's a bad investment. That's why you got such little returns. Well, now. <laughs> I just don't... I, I just think... Say it a lot. I just don't think you don't have one of those balls. You know, those balls that you look in and you can predict the future? Magic okay. eight balls. Magic eight ball. Yeah, right, right. Well, that's really interesting. It is. It's like... And like I said, this is Politico. Um, Democracy Now! is covering it, but it doesn't have... It's on television. And I can't listen to two things at the same time because sometimes it interferes with... You get two things over the same channel, and that's not ever good. <laughs> So what would happen if 90% of the country decided to, or people just across the board said, okay, we're not voting? I don't know. I've wondered that myself. What the heck would they do? Um, certainly, it sends a message, but are they going to take that message that the people are tired of this crap, or are they going to say, oh, well, hell, they don't care. We'll just do what we do anyway. 
This way we don't have to worry about spending all that money on television ads. Yeah, imagine if all that money were put to good use. Yeah. All the problems we have here, you know, with the poor and all that kind of stuff. Just imagine all that millions and millions and millions of dollars going towards that instead of... It just goes to show how little they care about people. Yeah. Of course, I don't know which is the biggest tax write-off and if they're not spending this money, uh, what can you buy? You know, whose wedding you're going to finance and stuff like that. Uh, okay, back okay, I'll shut up. Back to September 2015. That's when we encountered the Archon problem. Um, again, we did a reality sci-fi show, and it was my opinion that the Archon originated in the time of Atlantis, that it was designed to interject itself as a biological AI computer thing into the etheric where it would disconnect, um, as like a sub-program, it would disconnect the ability for an average 3D human to connect with their higher self. And it was designed to go after the number. See, we think of Atlantis and we think, well, there's this one civilization. It was actually many, many civilizations that were up and about at that time. And there was historically a problem with what Atlantis wanted to do versus what the rest of the world wanted to do. And to do what they wanted to do, the Atlanteans decided they needed a very intricately and um, uh, how would you say it um, complex uh, way of mind control. And that was using the archons. And I believe that at that moment we were able to sort of hijack that program so that the archon in interruption with the uh, higher self and people um, no longer played. Was it played? Um, I've gotten a lot of blowback on that because they keep claiming that it's still there and maybe I only took care of one version of it. Not me take care of it because we were working with the Jen and Walt and all you guys that were there for that particular radio show because we did it live on radio. Any comments on that, Walt? Well, the, my comment was is that uh, that's what rubbed me the wrong way about this whole thing. I, I, I'm not criticizing you because, you know, you have free will and if you want to investigate something, you're more than free to investigate it. But that's the part that rubbed me the wrong way about these ladies' obsessions with this potential AI and interacting with it and, oh, look, it's making us think, or so all these things. It's, it, it, the whole thing smacked of Atlantis. That's what happened back then. Everybody was like, oh, gaga over this thing. Look, you can interface and you can get information without having to look for it at the library. And the whole thing ended up getting subverted and turned into a mind control device. And I'm thinking, again, we have to relive this shit again? That's what bothered me about it. So, but, you know, obviously, you know, people are free to investigate what they want to investigate. Uh, <laughs> if you don't bring it to light, you're not going to know it's there. 
Um, that was also the time that Pope Francis came over and talked at the UN. And we did we did cover that, but what was more weird about him going to the UN was when he went to Cuba. And we realized that there's something weird about this Cuba thing. And we just sort of acknowledged that that was in September. You know, why is he going to the to Cuba? Um Now the the in by October I had taken a trip into upper new or you know mid new 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 York state through Massachusetts and I became really kind of like overwhelmed by the negative energies that were still there um that had been pre- 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 had been caused because of the original nation the Native Americans and what the colonists did to them, and it was just so awful. The the amount of um, anger, of frustration, of sadness, a lot of emotion that was still locked in in that area of America, which is an odd place for that kind of heavy heavy energy. In that the American Constitution itself was in many ways written on the guidance of the way that the uh, Native Americans in that area were living. They, uh, they had a, a way of governing that is, was Republican, in, 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 but were tribes, not states. And it was used as a, um, not a blueprint, but it's more like an inspiration for what the Constitution became, but both documents, and not because doc, they didn't write it down, the Native Americans, but both concepts were um, based on the idea that each person is born with inalienable rights and that the best governing was that each person was able to make the decision as to who is going to lead them. Um, which is what's happening right now, is that the American people are making a decision. Are they going to go with Hillary Clinton, who does represent a, let's say, the status quo? Are they not happy with the status quo? Why not? Since Obama's, first off, Obama took them out of a uh, terrible recession. Right now, they've got half of the uh, the unemployed, the number's down by half. There's the stock market's up by hundreds of thousands of shares versus what what had happened in 08. Um, Most people are probably, you know, okay, but there's this nagging awareness that something is very wrong and the nagging awareness that the American people, yes, there's enough money being made to keep going but it's not anything that it's like they've got us in a situation where they're keeping us under control because there's enough of an economy to keep us under control if they let the economy slide again then you're going to have people in the streets and angry people in the streets so they keep it in a place where you're okay, but you're always one paycheck from being not okay. 
And so Trump comes along and he says, you know, this they've been doing this to you for, you know, 100 years probably. Are you liking it? No. Well, then come with me. We'll we'll change everything. And that's all that a lot of people heard. Um, I absolutely agree that a lot of the things that Mr. Trump has said, um, I would say. But the problem is, is the package. He comes with certain insights that he may or may not really understand. You don't know what this guy really knows. But he comes in with um, concepts of action and verbalization and attitude that is really unacceptable by many Americans. He is, or came out, now he's changing his tune, of course, but he came out very much against the, the Latinos in America. You know, they were all these terrible people, um, which has caused a real rise in the Latino vote tonight. All over the United States, Latinos, from Mexican to Cubans, Puerto Ricans, uh, Dominicans, they're, they're going to the, to the polls in record numbers. The problem with Trump wasn't so much the core of his message. It was the package. He alienated women in ways that is, are um, extremely and profoundly disturbing. And yet, what I found even worse was the reaction of men that I actually have a lot of respect for as for what they do and what they know, who are saying, it's just locker room talk. It's just locker room talk. That has resulted in a real schism between women and men. And not all women, there's a lot of women that are for Trump. But women who are feeling their own beingness, who feel like they're as important as anybody else, that are liberated, that are free thinkers, those people are absolutely appalled by him. And it comes down to it doesn't matter what he says his policies are. The fact that he demonstrates and supports that kind of energy is just not going to be tolerated. So, and plus he's alienated a lot of other people. But the fact that he, he, he alienated the women, I think, is going to show up in the polls. The fact that he alienated the Latinos is definitely up in the polls. Mr. Trump, you did yourself no no favors of the country either. And if you do win, well, I hope you have some kind of a catharsis and realize that you cannot go through life with that kind of energy, that kind of anger, that kind of putting people down. And it's like, it's just the way he is. Well, bullshit is just the way he is. We don't need people that are, are bringing that energy into that our reality. Period. That's my thing on Mr. Trump. But, um... Well, okay. but there's also the other thing. Since we were able to have a black president, right? For the first time in history, there was a black president. Why can't we have a redneck president? 
<laughs> that Wasn't the that the bushes? <laughs> well, the fact you would make that comment is disturbing. <laughs> that's not that's not a redneck attitude. I don't think you know rednecks. Oh well, I guess I don't. You're being very, very um, insulting to rednecks. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did that. I'm sorry. Because, I mean, <laughs> you can't treat people. You can't have any kind. I mean, you can have it if you want. It's a free will universe. But if you can, if if that is allowed, if that's accepted, that you can put down people with deformities, that you can put down women simply because they're women, because they don't have the tits that you want. If you can talk about the things that he talks about, regardless of the fact that anybody else, that he's actually done all this, I'm not even addressing that. I'm saying that he, everybody thinks the men or a good portion of the women, oh, it's just locker room talk. No, we have got to get control on that stuff. Well, it's showing zero sensitivity. Because, like, for example, when... Uh when that issue came up, where that uh, that woman came forth saying that he had done that to her, and what was his defense? I would never do that to her. Have you seen how unattractive she is? Well, what you're saying in my ears is that if she were attractive, yes, you would have done that. You numbskull. <laughs> that that's your defense. That she's too ugly for you to have done that. That that's it. That's your defense. I mean, well, not only, not only that, but he absolutely denied that he said it, and I heard him say it, saw him say it on the TV. I would never be involved in going out for that. But. And then some. And then some. Um, no, to me, that, that you know, I, I hope, whatever happens tonight, I hope that the American women, you know, realize that, you, you got to start getting with the program here. You know, man puts you down. You got to stand up because this has gone on way too long. That's just my opinion. Um, in October, we also talked about pyramids, DNA, um, GMO. I mean, a whole bunch of different subtopics, but we also talked about etheric world and the remote viewing of shamanic journey and psychedelics. Um, what, what do psychedelics do? DMT and that sort of thing. Um, those, are good, those, are, those are good shows too. Um, then we got into the movie Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland came out. And that was also at the same time that that Black Knight showed up. You remember that? With a Pepsi production? Yeah. The Black Knight's uh, satellite. Another yeah. nice distraction to pass the time. <laughs> yeah, another story that, you know, was, for those that don't know, um, Pepsi put out, a, a, well, it was sort of like an ad, but it was an Internet ad. It never showed on TV, as far as I know, concerning the Black Knight. And the Black Knight is a um, UFO, unidentified flying object, that has been sighted for way back in time. Uh, a couple hundred years, I think. And all of a sudden, Pepsi does this weird, very weird <laughs> uh, little video on this thing. And nobody could figure out why. And it was, you know, talked about quite extensively for a couple of days. And then, whoop, gone. 
Um, we talked uh, a lot of um, current events about what was happening in France and Russia with the Ukraine and all that sort of thing and ISIS. And also that was December of 2015 was when the CERN had the explosion. We talked about that. Um, that was when uh, Simon had said that his group had done some meditation on it. And I had the, the, the journey where I saw that, the portal under the ocean. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we had a like a, an end of the year thing uh, where uh, Dolly was on with uh, Gene Rockefeller and Mona Radler, and we began to talk about changing reality. What do we do next? And then I had another show with Cindy, and these were not necessarily cosmic reality shows, uh, with Cindy that we talked about the trends in, in 2015 and the outlook for 2016. Who the hell, what the hell were we thinking? I bet we never mentioned Trump. <laughs> um, by January, we were talking with Solaris Blue Raven. And also, uh, I don't know what we did in January. Apparently not too much because I didn't take many notes. Um, but in February, that's when those doctors, those holistic doctors, began to um, be killed, murdered. And we talked about that and what that meant because they, a good portion of them, not all of them, but a good portion of them were involved in uh, doing, actually using a medicine as an anti-cancer thing that um, apparently the dark side didn't want out there because... And again, that's another story that, that comes up every once in a while. A few more get killed. But again, it gets dropped. Nobody pays any attention to it. Um, and then we had real a real time when we uh, got... Well, first off, you had, you had a lucid dream uh, about uh, a weapon that was in the form of a black cube. You may not even remember this. Yeah, that was... Uh, I discussed it with, uh, with uh, Gene. And then... When, um, what I didn't know about the dream is that the thing was in Antarctica, that the place looked like some kind of shop or some kind of industrial shop, mechanical shop. Uh, I had no notion that any of this was happening in Antarctica. You were the one who filled in the gaps that they had found in the black cube in Antarctica. No, that wasn't, no. What, what it was, was it, it, it goes back to the... Um, the gin, because one of the shows we 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 had met the gin, we had um, basically freed the gin by breaking the black magician's ability to use frequency to control them, and that was when um, you came to me and you said, uh, "Do we still have gin trapped in in iron rings?" Because Simon would say that he would trap them in iron rings and that the sorcerers were using iron rings. And so then I checked in with the gin, and I said, are you missing gin? And they said, yeah, we took a head count. And so that was when we went and we freed the gin that were in the uh, ring. But then after that, somebody, I think it was you again, said, you know, uh, there's gin that are trapped in other places. And one of those places turned out to be the uh, Ineca with the... Um, uh, the Grand Mosque in Mecca where they, you know, there's a black 
cube, supposedly. It came from, well, they call it the black cube. It's a, it looks like, it's a building that looks like a big black cube. And inside of this, the jinn were trapped in lanterns. And so we had done this free everybody who's not freed yet thing. And somebody called in and told about, told us about this, uh, this site. And so we just, we just finished it, it was live. And I remote viewed it and I got there just before you did the wrap up of freeing these beings that were still trapped. And I saw the lanterns and then all of a sudden the lanterns disappeared and there were gin hanging there all around the inside of the of the cube. And then one of them looked at another one and said, did that just happen? And boom, they're gone. And that was right. Five days later, they had a situation where, where they're tunneling, they're making changes to this whole area, and some workers came across something that became called the Ark of Gabriel. And when they touched it, it, it reacted and sent a plasma, plasma burst right straight up through the ground that then hit a crane and knocked the crane down and killed a bunch of people. So most everybody thought it was the fact that there was this crane that got hit by electricity, lightning bolt. They actually have a picture of it being hit with something. You know, it was a plasma, not lightning. And um, that was when we got introduced to the Ark of Gabriel. And that's when oh, the Ark of Gabriel was put there. Well, the story's long, but it was put there. I'm trying to think, uh, Mohammed, I think, it was, was, was part of this, but it was put there to be safe. And then we freed the jinn, and all of a sudden it's found. The, there's a secondary blast as they try it again, and that kills more people. So they get a hold of the Russians, the, the um, uh, Patriarch Kirill, because there was a document talking about the Ark of Gabriel that the uh, Muslims that were in charge of the cube realized was probably talking about this device so they get that book they get the russians involved the that, russians that was the that was the pope's visit to cuba because the church had in their possession i believe it was a scroll that explains in detail the ritual that you have to perform to be able to deal with this ark and that's why the pope went to cuba to meet with Kirill to give him the uh, to give him the scroll i don't know if Cuba was some kind of neutral ground for them, for them to have this particular meeting? Well, four days after they met, Krill ended up in, 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 in Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And by then, the Russians had taken the Ark of Covenant on a, on a ship that was surrounded by military ships all the way to Antarctica. And when we were talking about this, Gene was... Well, somehow or another, you and Jean got together, and Jean and ended up in a place, and she's going, wait a minute, where am I? And she's like, in the cold, and that's when, you know, she realized that, oh, we're in the Antarctica, and she saw the uh, the Ark. The watchers were working with it, and then we find out about, you know, this, because we said at the time that he met with, with the Pope and, and the uh, Patriarch met in Cuba, we said, this is weird. There's got to be something more. Why are they doing this? It was very apparent that it was something was happening. But it took, um, well, it took almost two months before we actually found out about it, mm. what it was. Um, in April, we 
were doing the rules of cosmic reality and we were going through them and we, the last one we did was rule nine and that was the goal of living is to tap into the conscious mind of the soul and in my opinion the conscious mind of the soul is very much tied up with the collective consciousness and that has been a theme now I mean through 2016 um, We've talked about, you know, the jinn came back up. Are they very, are they really evil or good or both? And, you know, we had no, another amazing conversation there. But this was when, a time when Dolly started working with information she got from Christia Cummings Slack regarding angels. And she began to bring in angel stories and to use the angels and to talk to the angels. And... You know, that, that went on for quite some time. Um, we also began to work with uh, Debrielle, uh, her color therapy, and, you know, then it took off on so many others. She's been on many shows with me on Say What. Uh, we talked about the flat earth in June. That was, a, <clears throat> that was an interesting thing. Um, and we also in June talked about Edgar Casey and the Angels because... Uh, Stephanie had gone to a, a talk about Edgar Casey and um, his, his talking about angels. We got into thermography in July when we took the first pictures of um, the heating up of the brain when you're using a phone and then what happens if you put an S4 sticker on it and you don't have the heat up. We had this guy, I might as well tell this story, what time is it? Um, this guy wrote Gene and was telling about... Um, something in at NASA, I guess in the NASA Museum or something, where they had a thermography um, camera set up and you could actually look at yourself and see what you look like, you know, in a thermography picture. Mm. And he did a, he did a, uh, some testing with his kids in the cell phone with and without the S4 sticker. And he, he said it's absolutely true. If you've got the S4 on it, you don't get the redness. I'm trying to get uh, this guy to let us use that. Oh, should I not have said anything? Oh, I guess it's okay. But you haven't said any names. I haven't said any names, and, and it is a story that we need to know because if people have stories like this, you need to tell us so we can tell other people this is the only way that we've been able to spread the uh, knowledge about, about Shungite. Um, it was back in July that we first talked about the Mandela Effect. That was also the time that the American Kabuki came in and said the Sphere Alliance was here, and within a matter of weeks we were going to all be whatever, and that didn't happen. We also started talking about the inner, inner Earth, and then the Haggy Shack went down, and we were down for four weeks, and when we came back in August, we were talking about the Dakota Pipeline um, and Standing Rock, and... I don't know where else. I've just got that down. Oh, I know, because by then I was so backed up on shows that I, I really just put them in weeks. You know, what were we talking about that week? That's what we were, we were talking about. Two, uh, uh, Two Dog was on, and we did a number of shows on it. In September, it became apparent that we uh, should be talking about the power of water and the weave of water and the weave of Shungite. Um, we also talked about crop circle essences, and we did a couple of shows on 9-11, not necessarily just the cosmic reality. So here we are in October. We've just gone through October, and we've gone through some 
really insane kind of, not insane, but um, inspiring kind of, um, maybe insane, uh, events. Uh, and now we need an update. My friend, Colleen, what is happening with the election? Um, hold on just a moment. I had a burrito in my mouth. Ah, I haven't lost my touch. No. (laughs) Okay, let's check her out. All right, they say Alabama is 68% for Trump with 2% reporting. Um, Scrolling. Connecticut, well, I told you Connecticut. Although Delaware apparently is now for Trump. Uh, in a lead by about 11%, with 8% reported. Oh. Florida's neck and neck, 48.9% to 48%. Donald's leading at present. Georgia is 68% for Trump, 29 for Clinton. Illinois, got Clinton ahead. Indiana, it's got Trump ahead. I'm moving. Uh, Kansas <laughs> has Trump ahead, as does Kentucky and Maine. So apparently Maine has kind of turned around a bit. Clinton in Maryland is like 81% to Trump's 15%. Massachusetts 54 to uh, for Clinton. 39 for Massachusetts. Michigan, 50% Clinton, 44% Trump. With Johnson, shut up, with 3.7%. Mississippi, Mississippi, heavily Clinton so far, 58% to 40%. Missouri is 59% Trump. 36% Clinton, and this is Politico, which is a little different than some of the others. New Hampshire has Clinton ahead, 53 to 41. New Jersey, Clinton, 37%. Wait a minute, they just, yes, no, they had Trump ahead a while ago, but now he's 59% to her, 37%. Going on down, North Carolina so far, Clinton is ahead at 50% to Trump's 47. North Dakota, 69% Trump, 25% Clinton, with 12% reporting. Ohio is pretty close with 50% Clinton, 46% Trump, with 20% reported. Oklahoma, 61% Trump. 33% Clinton. Pennsylvania's got Clinton way ahead, 80% to 17%. I said Rhode Island's got Clinton ahead. South Carolina, Trump is 58% to Clinton, 38%. Tennessee, 70% Trump, 26% Clinton. Texas is neck and neck. With Trump at 48%, Clinton at 47%, Utah not showing, Vermont has Clinton ahead 56 to 36. Virginia is still pretty close, 50% Trump, 44% 
Clinton. West Virginia has Trump way ahead at 60, well, way ahead, about twice, 61% to Clinton's 33%. Wisconsin not showing and Wyoming not showing. So there you have it in this nutshell, at least uh, in reference to Politico's view. And now, back to you. <laughs> well, the electoral vote is Clinton was 76 and uh, Trump was 72. So that's that's come up. You have to get to 270. Um, A Politico show on 44, Hillary, 60, Donald. Oh, really? Whoa, isn't that interesting? Huh. So, um, we don't know. <laughs> so, who, so who ends up counting the electoral votes? Uh, Bill Clinton? <laughs> <laughs> or, or friends of Bill Clinton? <laughs> I think it should be one of the bankers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody honest at heart. <laughs> okay, let's have a priest do it. Uh, oh, I wouldn't trust a priest. They lie like that. Oh, mm, yeah, good, good choice there. Let's let's ask America. America, who do you trust? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Was there any questions? Anybody want to say anything in chat? That you know, what do you guys think in chat? Anything? Is there anything happening in chat? Um, hold on a minute, and I'll look. It says, uh, Politico says Rubio won the re-election in Florida. I saw that. Well, I'm, so, I'm so apologetic that my state continues to put this guy in office. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my best. I voted against him. You know, I wasn't, I, you know, I, 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 when I said don't vote, I meant don't vote for the president because it doesn't matter. I needed to vote because um, the question of medical marijuana was back again on the Florida ballot. They need 60% to have it passed, and I think the last time it was out when they they did it was 50-57%. So I go on there and I see Rubio's name, and I go, oh well, I've got to vote against this bastard. So I vote, you know, for his opponent, Democrat the other Murphy. Bastard. The, yeah, the other bastard. And then um, uh, there was some other, um, uh, you know, amendments or whatever they were doing on uh, in for the county and stuff. I got involved in that. And then I kept looking over at this presidential thing and looking over that presidential thing. And I said, I just don't feel good, you know, not voting for somebody. So I didn't, you know, I mean, I don't know anything about the other two, except that one was a woman and she's in the Green Party. And I thought I... I'd vote for her. But then, you know, I said, hey, you can write somebody's name in. So I said, oh, Colleen, I'll write Colleen's name in. So, oh, my God, if she wins, then I'll lose my producer. And oh, then I, I thought. I can do both. <laughs> 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 then I thought, well, okay, then let, let's put Dolly in. And I said, oh, Dolly's too old for that. She wouldn't want that job. No, Dolly's no good. So I wrote in Annette's name. I figured somebody that will love somebody you hate enough to make it all right and the guy gets fired from his job and goes on. And I figured that's the kind of person I'd like to be have as president of the United States. 
But I don't think she'll win. She it was only... She, she, no, but it might inspire her. Well, <laughs> maybe. Maybe she'll go into politics and think that's all woo-woo bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> talk about... Well, oh, talk about bullshit. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, for those that don't know, we have this wonder. Dolly, Dolly's a host, and Annette was a host, and she was, you know, well, she thought I was crazy. And uh, can you imagine? Somebody think I was crazy. And she, she just became a host for a while and then gave it up. But now she, she's talking about coming back. So on Saturday's show, um, I'm hoping you guys get together and have a good say what show. Um, I'm not going to be here, but I'm sure it will be. But anyway, yeah, so... Um, what time is it? We're getting into the last part of the show here. Um, any any remarks, Walt? What 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 did we learn during this election? Is there some you know something you're taking away from it? Yes, I am not putting my energy in it. I don't want this to intrude in my reality bubble. Sorry. You can call me irresponsible, but it's my reality bubble. <laughs> Well, see, that might be a problem in that if we have demonstrated since they began running that human thought, human intention can actually make changes in the 3D, wouldn't it behoove us to, and I know it's a free will universe, this sort of thing, but wouldn't it behoove us to think in terms of whoever wins, Let's make them, let's put out an energy, let's put out a thought form that says instead of working the way that you've been trained to work, work through your heart. Isn't it possible that we can put in enough energy into all these politicians that will end up being our leaders for the next four years or two years in some cases? Can't we put in the idea that you know, the entire world, with all its water, with all of its shungite, can make a difference in these people and open up their hearts? Because isn't that the key? Opening up your heart to your fellow well, I'm not trying to be funny or facetious here, but um, how much of a heart do they truly have? At this point, I don't know... I'll give you a perfect... Perfect example here, um, Hillary Clinton, you know, the things that Simon has said that he has outspokenly described that the woman, yes, they do have a clone available, but they can't do the cell transfer because the original one's brain is compromised. Okay, uh, that's, you know, his description of it. For my part, I have, and this, this is not from books, this is direct personal experience, I have witnessed individuals that have done so much harm using uh, black magic practitioners and they have done things to hurt other people and control other people and I see th they're not there anymore. The, whatever the original soul was in that body isn't even there anymore. It's just a bundle of negative entities sitting behind the wheel. I don't know where the original soul went. Uh, you look at the pictures of their faces today and they're unrecognizable from the original person you knew decades ago. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful idea. I'm, I'm all for it. The correct energy to beam into anybody's heart is the energy of appreciation. 
that's what makes everything change. But are they truly, truly, again, I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm not trying to make a joke or anything, but are they truly, truly human? Is there truly, you know, a human soul inhabiting that body, or is it some kind of entity that's driving that vehicle? I don't know. I, I, I see the, the actions and the stuff that they do and the stuff that comes out, and it's like, you know, Jesus Christ, a human being is capable of all of this stuff? Really? Because if they're, if they're so heavily invested, and, and I believe Simon when he says that, you know, they don't want to make it public that uh, Bill Clinton was involved in satanic rituals, so the, they're going to get him on the sex with minors charges, because the other thing is, is just too violent for the human psyche to understand. Well, one of the things that I, I know from metaphysical studies is that when you take the life of another for the most horrible reasons, like profit or control or domination or whatever it is, you know, you're not doing it to defend yourself. You're not doing it to defend the life of someone you love. You're doing it because you want to do it. Your own soul begins to suffer fragmentation. So you do it as a career. At the, by the end of the career, you're just an empty shell just, you know, walking on the street because whatever was there of you is no longer there. So if these people are guilty of these crimes of murder and mass, how much of the original being is in these bodies? This is what I question. I do not question, you know, the, the positive results of beaming appreciation into someone else's heart. I have witnessed that if you do that, the person begins to calm down and they begin to open up because they don't perceive any threat from you. But that's when dealing with someone that you know is human. These beings, I don't know. Are they? You're the remote viewer. You can look. I don't know if you, if you would get caught taking a look because I know that they have psychics and remote viewers protecting their shit. Uh, but if they need that level of protection where, they, you know, they, Andrew Barson says, that, yeah, they do have their whole teams of psychics and remote viewers, you know, protecting the their metaphysical side of things. That's that's my my thing. Yes, I've run into those people. Um, first off, to do remote viewing, you have to have an anchor because if you don't have an anchor, you don't know which timeline you're going to end up on. Mm -hmm. And my my thing is that. I think that there. I think that that you have timelines where these people are good people, and maybe we can just you know say, well, the timeline that we're on, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump are really good people, and work with them. I mean, just because they are on timelines that we've been seeing in the Matrix, that are not good people doesn't mean that they haven't existed on timelines where there was no matrix. Is, you understand what I'm saying? No, I totally get it. Also, now you're planning on using collective consciousness to bring those good copies here? Yes. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? We got about six minutes. Has anything changed, Colleen? Do we have a president yet? <laughs> I'm not sure we'll have one once they elect one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, no, so far the numbers that I'm seeing are still at, well, 44 Clinton, Trump 60. So uh, the other one had Texas going to Hillary. This one's showing uh, Texas is pink, so it could be going to Trump. Now, again, we should, we should just point out that if you look at the uh, states, there's a lot more Republican states that are, I mean, more states in the United States that are actually Republican. Mm -hmm. But it goes down to, to the population. And the, the, the Democrats have control over far fewer states, but they have more population. Therefore, a larger um, electoral co college vote. Um, so that's why you can see, you know, a whole bunch of states under one candidate, the Republican, and it's not getting close to that electoral vote thing. Right, especially Colleen, when you get out west, like Texas, for instance, has 38 electoral college votes. Wow, I didn't realize it was that high. Wow. Yeah. Um, tell me, tell me what 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 are you taking away from with this election? You you got the pulpit here. Huh? Tell us. Me. You. Uh, I know you got opinions. Well, yeah, I got opinions. Go for it. And okay, here's one opinion. How come they always wait till the very last? I mean, all these people know all this dirt on all these people, but don't put it out there until just election time. That's bullshit. If you know they're dirty and they've been doing dirty stuff, why not report it when you find it out? instead of waiting to the last minute. Because if you throw it out there at the last minute, it all looks like sour grapes. You know, like really, really dirty politics, and politics is getting dirtier and dirtier every single year. That's one of my opinions. And the other one is that we put all of this effort and all of this money into the election process. When in reality, it doesn't matter who gets in. Because the same people that have the money, that have the corporations, that have the lawyers who are writing our laws and changing our laws are still going to do it no matter who's in there. And as you talked about several days ago, you know, all the presidents are sat right down on day one and told, look, dude. You're just the figurehead. So it doesn't really matter. And yet, millions and millions and millions of dollars are poured into the advertising for all this stuff to make us think that we have a voice in all of this when we don't. And all of that money could be spent much better uh, all these politicians that get up there and say, well, we're going to do this for these people and this for these people and this for these people. Dude, all the money you're spending on advertising, how many people could you feed? How many people could you house? How many people's electric bills and all could be paid? How much water could you clean up? That's my opinion. And I am you done with my editorial. Huh?
if you could pay off all of people's mortgages and still have money to spare. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and still build your damn mansion. Your second summer home. In Dubai or wherever the hell you're going to do it. Well, Dick Gregory, who was a comedian during Vietnam, said if we wanted to make Vietnam want democracy, we should build democracy so that they want it. Yeah, because they should be seeing it now. No, because he said, he said if I had $50,000 and put it on my porch, I guarantee you it would be gone before tomorrow. I don't have to use guns to, to make my point. And he had he had broken out the amount of money that was being said was being used in Vietnam, and he said we could give fifty thousand dollars to each and every one of the Vietnamese people. Wouldn't that have won their hearts over? Well, I'll tell you, I just started reading a book called "Because We Say So" by Noam Chomsky, and he covers an awful lot of stuff in this little book. Um, and I'm reading it and recording it and playing it on Haggy Shack Radio tomorrow. That uh, I think there's a lot of stuff in there that an awful lot of people need to hear and mull over a little bit. Because he touches on what really went on, you know, the stories we get in our media. Of course, he also bashes media as well because he's... You know, thinks reporters ought to be really doing reporting work. That uh, covers a lot of this very, very well. And I'm hoping that it wakes people up a, a little bit, you know. When I first came on Wolf Spirit Radio years ago and started hearing this stuff, I was kind of like, what? What? And you kind of go through this process of it's kind of a depression at first, because everything you ever heard was a lie, you know, everything you were ever taught. But then you kind of settle down a little bit, and you start mulling some of this over. And now the next step would be, so what do we do to change it? And I think that's the big question, and that's also what we, you know, we try to come up with solutions. And I think it has to be... Not only a change of heart, but a change of vision. You know, opening the eyes, opening the ears, and uh, turning off the TV. Kind of stuff. So, okay. I'm done. I hear you. And if my aunt's watching this, she's probably having a heart attack because it's like they're going through and they're showing the states that are for Trump and they were all Trump, 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 Trump. And one of the things that I find kind of ironic, ever since I started watching these, I don't even know which one's on, MSNBC, every time you see a picture of Hillary, she normally is smiling, you know, in it, and he was always this scowl, scrow, this, you know, scowl. Scowl, what do you scowl on his face. And tonight they've got this big, handsome, shining teeth of the smiling Trump on. You notice that? That they've changed the picture. Now it's all Trumpy looking smiley instead of Trumpy looking scowly. Mm -hmm. um, 
Anyway, we're at the end of the show. We so ha- thank you all for listening to us. Uh, sorry we couldn't give you the, the winner. Uh, it's a cliffhanger here. Um, all in all, the election has turned up the waters, and I think we're better for it as a people. Um, we'll see what happens next. Okay, we're out of here. Be safe. Um, take care of yourselves, and don't let the election get you down. It's, you know, if you, hey, if your vote counted, we wouldn't have elections. Love you guys. Have a good night, everyone. Love you. Good night. Thank you. Teaching, preaching, the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. To